Chapter 9 of Dread, A Tale of the Great Dismal Swamp by Harriet Beecher Stowe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Dread, Chapter 9 The Death death is always sudden however gradual may be its approaches it is in its effects upon the survivor always sudden at last tiff thought at first that his mistress was in a fainting fit and tried every means to restore her it was affecting to see him chafing the thin white pearly hands in his large rough black paws raising the head upon his arm and calling in a thousand tones of fond endearment pouring out a perfect torrent of loving devotion on the cold unheeding ear but then spite of all he could do the face settled itself and the hands would not be warmed and thought of death struck him suddenly and throwing himself on the floor by the bed he wept with an exceeding loud and bitter cry something in his heart revolted against awakening that man who lay heavily breathing by her side he would not admit it to himself at this moment that this man had any right in her or that the sorrow was any part of his sorrow but the cry awoke cripps who sat up bewildered in bed clearing the hair from his eyes with the back of his hand tiff what the darn are you howling about tiff got up in a moment and swallowing down his grief and his tears pointed indignantly to the still figure on the bed dar dar wouldn't believe her last night now what you think of that are see how you look now good shepherd hern you abusing the poor lamb and he done took her where you'll never see her again cripps had like coarse animal men generally a stupid and senseless horror of death he recoiled from the lifeless form and sprang from the bed with an expression of horror. "'Well, now, who would have thought that?' he said. "'That I should be in bed with a corpse. I hadn't the least idea.' "'No, that's plain enough. You didn't. You'll believe it now, won't you? Poor little lamb, lying here, suffering all alone. I tell you, when folks have been sick so long, they has to die to make folks believe anything else of them well really said cripps this is really why it ain't comfortable darned if it is why i'm sorry about the gal i meant to steam her up or done something with her what's we to do now Pff, pretty likely you don't know folks like you that never tends to nothing good is always flustered when the master knocks at the dough i knows what to do though i's bound to get up de critter and go up to de old plantation and bring down a woman to do something for her kind of decent you mind the chillin till i get back tiff took down and drew on over his outer garment a coarse light woolen coat with very long skirts and large buttons in which he always arrayed himself in cases of special solemnity stopping at the door before he went out he looked over cripps from head to foot with an air of patronizing and half pitiful contempt and delivered himself as follows now master i's gwine up and we'll be back quick as possible and now do pray be decent and let that dar whiskey alone for one day in your life and member death judgment and eternity 
just act now as if you'd got a streak of something in you such as a man ought for to have who is married to one of the fustest families in old virginny fleck now on your latter end maybe will do your poor old soul some good and don't you go for to waken up the chillin before i gets back they'll learn the trouble soon enough cripps listened to this oration with a stupid bewildered stare gazing first at the bed and then at the old man who was soon making all the speed he could towards canama nina was not habitually an early riser but on this morning she had awakened with the first peep of dawn and finding herself unable to go to sleep again she had dressed herself and gone down to the garden she was walking up and down in one of the alleys thinking over the perplexities of her own affairs when her ear was caught by the wild and singular notes of one of those tunes commonly used among the slaves as dirges the words she are dead and gone to heaven seemed to come floating down upon her and though the voice was cracked and strained there was a sort of wildness and pathos in it which made a singular impression in the perfect stillness of everything around her she soon observed a singular-looking vehicle appearing in the avenue this wagon which was no other than the establishment of cripps drew nina's attention and she went to the hedge to look at it tiff's watchful eye immediately fell upon her and driving up to where she was standing he climbed out upon the ground and lifting his hat made her a profound obeisance and hope the young lady was very well this morning yes quite well thank you uncle said nina regarding him curiously we's in affliction to our house said tiff solemnly there's been a midnight cry there and poor miss sue that's my young missus she done gone home who is your mistress well her name was seymour fore she married and her ma come from de virginny paytons great family dem paytons she was so misfortunate as to get married as gals wills sometimes said tiff speaking in a confidential tone the man wa'n't no count and she's had a dreadful hard way to travel poor thing and there she's lying at last stretched out dead and not a woman nor nobody to do the least thing and please missus tiff comed for to see if the young lady wouldn't send a woman for to do for her getting her ready for a funeral and who are you pray please missus i's tiff payton i is i's raised in virginny on the great payton place and i's gittin to miss sue's mother and when miss sue married dis year man they was all offended and wouldn't speak to her but i took up for her cause what's the use of making a bad thing worse i's a opinion and telled em that he oughter be encouraged to behave itself seeing the thing was done and couldn't be helped but no they wouldn't so i just tells em says i you may do just as you please but old tip's a gwine with her says i i'll follow miss sue to the grave's mouth says i and you see i has done it well done of you i like you better for it said nina you just drive up to the kitchen there and tell rose to give you some breakfast while i go up to aunt nesbitt no thank you miss nina i's no ways hungry pears like when a body's like as i be swallering down and all the old times rising in the throat all the time they can't eat they gets filled all up to the eyes with feelings 
lord miss nina i hope you won't never know what tis to stand outside the gate when the best friend you got's gone in it's hard that there is and tiff pulled out a decayed looking handkerchief and applied it under his spectacles well wait a minute tiff and nina ran into the house while tiff gazed mournfully after her well lor just the way miss sue used to run trip 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 little feet like mice lord's will be done oh milly said nina meeting milly in the entry here you are here's a poor fellow waiting out by the hedge his mistress dead all alone in the house with children no woman to do for them can't you go down you could do so well you know how better than anyone else in the house why that must be poor old tiff said milly faithful old creature so that poor woman's gone at last the better for her poor soul well i'll ask miss lou if i may go or you ask her miss nina a quick imperative tap on her door startled aunt nesbitt who was standing at her toilet finishing her morning's dressing operations mrs nesbitt was a particularly systematic early riser nobody knew why only folks who have nothing to do are often the most particular to have the longest possible time to do it in aunt said nina there's a poor fellow out there whose mistress is just dead all alone in the house and wants to get some woman to go there to help can't you spare milly oh milly was going to clear starch my caps this morning said aunt nesbitt i have arranged everything with reference to it for a week past well aunt can't you do it tomorrow or next day just as well tomorrow she's going to rip up that black dress and wash it i'm always systematic and have everything arranged beforehand should like very much to do anything i could if it wasn't for that why can't you send aunt katie why aunt you know we are to have company to dinner and aunt katie's the only one who knows where anything is or how to serve things out to the cook besides she's so hard and cross to poor people i don't think she would go i don't see i'm sure in such a case as this why you couldn't put your starching off milly is such a kind motherly experienced person and they are in affliction oh these low families don't mind such things much said aunt nesbitt fitting on her cap quietly they never have much feeling there's no use doing for them they are miserable poor creatures aunt nesbitt do now as a favor to me i don't often ask favors said nina do let milly go she's just the one wanted do now say yes and nina pressed nearer and actually seemed to overpower her slow-feeling torpid relative with the vehemence that sparkled in her eyes well i don't care if there milly she says yes said nina springing out the door she says you may now hurry get things ready i'll run and have aunt katie put up biscuits and things for the children and you get all that you know you will want and be off quick and i'll have the pony got up and come on behind you end of chapter nine the death